So, I, I guess that many of you will have heard over these past few days how much of an issue, how much of a question this whole rioting thing ha has become. Well, I think one of the helpful things is that we're not addressing this question sort of immediately on the back of it, are we? There's a little bit of time has passed and we're now beginning to see the responses from various people. Politicians, people writing in newspapers, different responses going on. What is happening in our society? What is going on that, that things like uh, the events that we saw of a week or so ago could actually be happening in 21st century Great Britain? It's surprising, it's shocking uh, for many people, and it's raising the biggest of issues and the biggest of questions in people's minds. Uh, is this, some would say, uh, a meltdown in society? Is this uh, the, the moral dereliction of our society? There are so many people who are asking uh, questions. I was really interested to hear uh, Tony Blair talking about this issue. Uh, he was um, in power some years ago. Uh, if many of you will remember uh, the Jamie Bulger murder over in Liverpool. We were living in Liverpool at the time and it happened virtually at the, the end of the road within, within half a mile or so. And uh, it was a massive issue. Uh, and he was, uh, I suppose, big enough in some ways to be able to say just in the past day or so that, that he looks back uh, and he feels as though he responded with political rhetoric uh, and using words which just fitted with the moment. And uh, I suppose it's very easy, isn't it, for all of us in this kind of situation to respond with, with rhetoric or respond with words which just seem appropriate at this point in time. And, and I, to be honest, I don't think it's just politicians that are at risk of that. I think equally uh, us who are church leaders uh, can equally be in danger of just the same thing. We can equally be in danger uh, of just trotting out uh, thoughts and ideas which uh, resonate with people's thinking. Uh, and so I, I hope what we've been able to do this afternoon, as best we can, is to try to uh, address this in a way which is not sensational, but is actually trying to fit it in to the whole flow and the whole message of how the Bible speaks to us about the world that we live in today. How does this fit in with the world as it is and as it always has been? And what is the response from, from the Bible's perspective? And what we would say is, what would God's perspective, to some extent, without sounding arrogant, what would the Bible and therefore God's perspective be on this? I frame the question in this particular way because, one, it was a question that was asked of me, because it seems, doesn't it, as though there's a little bit of a dilemma when we come to what we read about how to be Christians there is the idea that we have, in fact, Jesus says, uh, if somebody strikes you, in fact, I'll read the verse because we're going, to, we're going to be considering it a little bit. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. 
If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. How do we behave, therefore, when we see the kind of things going on uh, down in many of our major cities? Does that mean that as Christians, does that mean that our correct response is to, if you like, I guess roll over? Just allow whatever happens to happen. Just be a pushover in this world. Is that what Jesus is calling us to do? I want to say straight off the bat, my view is no. (laughs) That is not what he is calling us to do. Uh, And I want to explain why I don't think that that is the case. Because actually, we cannot, none of us, can live just being a pushover in the face of issues like this. We can't. One of the things that seems to come across continually through the Bible, in fact it's addressed right the way through, and it's an issue for us today and it's an issue for politicians today because we know deep down, don't we, that justice is not just a right thing, It's not just a good thing, it's something that we have to have to live together. We need justice, don't we? We absolutely need justice. We cannot live without justice. Uh, If we all just accepted the the kind of power of the strongest or the, the power of the most aggressive and we just all became a pushover then from that, if we all became that, then we would be living in an anarchic society. And the Bible describes a world not like that as God's pattern for living, not an, an anarchic society where the strongest are the ones who manage to survive and prosper. What the Bible says is that yes, The reason that you feel like this, the reason is that it raises all sorts of questions, is that every single one of us are individuals who are living in a society together. And that's just key to this whole issue. We are, on the one hand, we are individuals, and yet at the same time, we are living together in a society. And we know that society somehow has got to work. Now, I guess that all of us respond to that in different ways, uh, depending on our personalities. Some of us might want to say, do you know what, the the kind of society that I want to to live in is the one that exists with just me and my family. (laughs) I just want to get away from it all. I just want to kind of isolate myself. Well, maybe, but I think we know deep down that that we can't live like that. We are called to live together in societies. We're called to live together in societies because that is precisely how God has designed us to live. We read right at the very beginning of the Bible when God made men and women. He said right now, go and populate the world and live together. And live together in a perfect world, enjoying each other's company. We are made to be people who enjoy company. We are made to be people to be in relationship with each other. 
the ideal that God has for this world, we are made to be society people. We are made to be in relationship. The problem is that our world is broken, isn't it? I was reading an article a few days ago, and I thought it was fascinating. Um, Historically, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but for those of you who weren't here, this is quite helpful. Historically, certainly since the, since the Enlightenment and, and the 19th, late 19th, early 20th century, into through the 20th century, I remember it, what people were saying is the problem with our society is essentially education and environment. If we improved people's environments, if we improved education, everything would be fine. We would solve the problems that we have. I think it's true to say that we have the highest number of university attendees uh, as a percentage of population in history. Education has improved, and yet what we see is no improvement, really. What people are in cre- what the scholarly elite are beginning to accept is there is a far more fundamental problem with us. There is a deeper issue. There is a crisis of who we are as people that is driving the behavior. It's not the outside effects that are causing the problem. It's who we are deep inside which is causing the issues on the outside. You know, amazingly, that is precisely what Jesus said to religious leaders 2,000 years ago. And he said, you know what? You're looking on the outside. You're wanting conformity on the outside. You don't realize that the real problem is deep inside. It's what's going on inside that's the issue. So in actual fact, when we look at this, Jesus was saying the problem is on the inside 2,000 years ago. And we've been through peaks and troughs of acceptance and not accepting that. uh, And now we get to a point where maybe we're beginning to accept it again. So we are individuals who live in society. That's important because society is one of the things that the Bible describes. One of the things that the Bible places responsibility on society leaders for what? The maintenance of justice. The Bible puts the responsibility for the maintenance of justice on society's leaders. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says, for us to live together, we need a just society. Let me read you a verse from Romans. It says this. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. In other words, from the Bible's perspective... Those who are placed in leadership and in authority are placed there by God. And they are, for their, they are there for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. I think that in this big question that we've got this afternoon, how do we respond? The Bible responds by saying... We live in a society that needs to live with rules and it is the responsibility of those in authority to protect and to nurture and to bring justice 
It is society's job to do that. It's society's job to do that. It is the authorities. Now, just in case we think that that was some sort of a, you know, living in a sort of a really Christian world that was making that claim, is that some sort of Bible world where everything was perfect uh, and the leaders were kind of followers of the God of the Bible and therefore they were able to say that? Well, no, (laughs) because it was actually written by the Apostle Paul when the Roman authorities were in leadership at the time. And amazingly, the Roman authorities were in the process of unleashing persecution on Christian believers, and Paul still said it is the authority to bring justice. It is the authority to bring control. So what, we, what do we do then as Christians? We would say, actually, we uphold the fact that society needs to bring justice. We uphold that. We uphold those who are in lawmaking responsibilities and we would say, do you know what? You might not feel this, but we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you because we believe that you have great responsibility. We're going to pray that you are able to discharge that responsibility faithfully and correctly and properly. And we want to uphold you and support you in the maintenance of a just society. There are many parts of this world, for all of the failings of this country, (laughs) there are many parts of the world which are far more unjust at the very top than the country that we are privileged to be a part of. And I would say that the Christian response is to say, I thank God for the country that he has given to us at this point in time. Because it could be so much worse. So here we are, we've got, on the one hand, we've got a society which needs to bring rule. So what do we do about what Jesus says? Because Jesus says, turn the other cheek. So we're saying society mustn't turn the other cheek. What about what Jesus says as us as individuals? Listen to what we read in just a chapter before the verse that I've just read in Romans. It says this. This is on a personal level. This is what we're called to do as individuals. It says this, live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. In other words, the Bible is saying there is a distinction. Society has a responsibility to bring justice, and individuals have a responsibility to live in peace. Now imagine what kind of a world it would be If we all did that, do you think it would be transformed? Do you think it would be changed dramatically if every one of us just wanted to live in peace, just wanted to be uh, uh, kind, 
and concerned for each other. Not returning evil for evil. Imagine if we lived like that. That is precisely what Jesus is saying. He's saying, do you know what? On an individual basis, don't you look for personal revenge. Allow revenge or allow justice, in Bible terms, to be mine. And God says, I will bring justice through my appointed means, which is the society that you live in. So I think there is an absolute consistency there, isn't there? It's saying, on the one hand, society's got a job to do. On the other hand, individuals have got a job to do. And in actual fact, that basis is the very foundation of our legal system. You know, the very foundation of our legal system is, is essentially, you cannot take the law into your own hands, can you? You can do what is necessary to resist, but you can't take the law into your own hands. Jesus goes deeper. Because Jesus, when he says, and I'll read the verse again because it's really important, the wording, he says this. Do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, it's a bit of a strange thing to say, isn't it? Why, why choose the cheek? Why choose which cheek to describe this verse? Well, we have to put our first century AD sandals on and travel back in time and realize what's going on. In the ancient world, to give somebody a backhanded slap across the face would have been a sign of humiliation, a kind of are treating somebody with disdain, treating somebody as lowly, disrespecting them. And of course, if you gave somebody a backhander, and most people are right-handed, apologies to anybody left-handed, most people are right-handed, you give somebody a crack across the right cheek, it's a backhanded crack, isn't it? It's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, do you know what? You need to live in a kind of world where if somebody disrespects you, where if somebody treats you where you are lowly, where you are made to feel small, where you are made to feel humble, where you, you are pushed down, what's your response? What does our society say? Well, if you want respect, you've got to kind of fight for it. Is that right? Don't we hear that? I've got to impose on you the demand for respect. Where does that take us? Where does that journey take us of demanding respect from one person to another? It takes us on a downward spiral of dragging out from each other. It tears away from each other. It strips us of relationship. It pulls us apart. It says, I will take from you until you respect me. And Jesus says, do you know what? In society, as individuals, you cannot live like that. You will tear each other to bits. You will not live at peace. You will not live in love and harmony if you carry on living like that. So, if somebody disrespects you, 
Somebody slaps you on the right cheek. Do you know what? Live like this. So what? Does that sound weak? I think sadly, it does sound weak now. But in actual fact, there was a time when respect was not fought for. When respect was earned. When respect was, if you like, a dignity, a quality of character, something deep down which is able to say, I will not respond with aggression. And that is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, live a life which is so filled with dignity so filled with love that rather than ripping out of each other respect, you push into this relationship respect. You push into it. I used a picture a few weeks ago. Imagine what it was like. It would be like if, if everybody in relationship pushed into that relationship. You know, we just pushed into it. Those of you who are married, those of you looking to get married, if, if you live in a relationship where the two of you are just striving to give to that relationship and push into it as much as you possibly can, you will get out of that relationship everything that you hoped for. <laughs> because it, you know, if you both live for each other, you will get out of it what you'd hoped for. Imagine if we lived in a society where we all lived like that where we pushed into society, where we pushed into relationships around us. And you might, say, you might say to me, well, I just think, Paul, to be honest, you're talking about some kind of weird uh, kind of utopia that will just, it's cloud cuckoo land. I would say, well, hmm. On the one hand, yes, I agree, because we live in a, an astoundingly broken world. But I would like to say in conclusion just two things. Every now and then we get a little indication of the kind of impact that living according to the Bible might have. Uh, John Adams was one of the mutineers on the bounty. Some of you will know the story of mutiny on the bounty. Him, along with a number of others, set sail, took the bounty, and um, over a period of different kind of, um, over time, they ended up on the Pitcairn Islands. And there was a band of mutineers, there was a band of islanders who they'd picked up on their journeys, and to be perfectly honest, society was absolute carnage. It was just carnage. People were being murdered. Uh, people were, uh, they'd found a way, a way to brew alcohol. They'd become alcoholics. They, they ended up, uh, there was a combination of suicides under the influence of alcohol. There was people who were murdering each other because there weren't enough women to go round. It was just absolute carnage. It was a horrific society. It ended up that there was just two men left, Ned Young and John Adams. Ned Young uh, taught John Adams how to read. 
from the Bible, the ship's Bible, called, uh, from the, the bounty ship's Bible, taught him to read. And then Ned Young died. John Adams became profoundly influenced by what he read in this Bible. And, and in actual fact, he became a Christian. By this time, he was the final surviving mutineer, and there were others with him. And over a period of time, that society, that small society, was transformed. Some years later, uh, passing ships made contact again with that society. They were staggered at the peace and the harmony in that society. It was almost like, for a little time, God had allowed almost a little laboratory to exist in the world. Imagine what it would be like if you were able to create a little society which is influenced by God's word. He'd established a school. The children who were growing up were being taught. Uh, and, and society was a peaceful, tranquil place. Sadly, it didn't last. Sadly, there were always underlying issues. It wasn't perfect, because actually, the problem still existed. It's not as though you can bring the message of the Bible and, and we get transformed completely. But it's a little stepping stone for what the Bible describes as the ultimate objective of this world. God is saying, do you know what? You want to live in a society which is perfectly at peace, perfectly in harmony, where you are all in perfect relationship with each other. You want to live like that because I've written it into you. It's part of your code. It's who you are. I will give you little stepping stones along the way to remind you that that's where you need to be. But ultimately, you need to be saved to get there. You can't just be changed without a massive transformation. You can't just be influenced to do good. You've got to be saved. Because humanity is so shattered and so broken, what actually needs to take place is I need to restart humanity, God says. And I'm going to restart humanity in a way which is going to surprise you. I'm going to come into the world. Jesus, God himself, comes into the world. And he lives a perfect existence, a perfect life, a, perfect, a life of perfect relationship, uh, a life of uh, justice, a life of moral stability, and he lives the perfect human life. He dies, he rises again, and he returns to heaven, and he says, I'm going to come back, but in the meantime... Those of you who know that that society is what you desperately need and know that you stand no chance whatsoever of getting there, let me tell you, you can be part of it. And, and he says this. He says it to a religious leader. He say, and it's a phrase that you might have heard bandied around. He says, you've got to be born again. What does that mean? It means that you have to effectively become a new humanity, a new creation. 
You become a new creation in me. In me, he says. You've got to be born into me. And and this religious leader, his mind is fried when Jesus says this. He says, can I enter again into my mother's womb? Is that what I've got to do? You know, do I have to go through the biologically impossible? He says, no. You come into relationship with me. Because everything that you are looking for, a life of perfect harmony on an individual basis, and a society which is perfectly just, is what I am going to reestablish. In fact, the words that Jesus used again and again and again, he says, I have come to establish my kingdom. A new kingdom. A new society. Under whose rule? You know, that's one of the problems whenever we look at it and we try to work this out. One of the reasons that we can't get along is we can't agree whose rule we should work under, can we? We've got two, three, two and a half parties at the moment. And we can't work out who's Who's right? The reality is that we need an authority from outside. And Jesus says, I will come. And you you had a little vision of it in the Pitkin Islands. But it's only a temporary thing and it doesn't last. But when I come and I bring my rule and I establish my kingdom for all of eternity, those who are reborn into my kingdom will become a part of that kingdom forever. And what you want and what I want, which is a perfect society, which is relationships with each other, which are perfectly established, is exactly the makeup of that society. It's how it's going to operate. So do we turn the other cheek to rioters? No. We seek justice. Sad thing is, when we look for justice, we realize that there's all sorts of other areas where we're just as much of a problem, don't we? Corporate banking, which doesn't put into society. Politicians, who don't put into society, but rather use expenses for personal gain. So many ways. Big business. A few weeks ago, crisis in the American American economy. Did you know that at that point in time, the company Apple had more cash than the country? Isn't that amazing? More cash than the country. One company. That is not another reason for me to hate Apple, by the way, for those of you who know. But what's going on? Do we live to enrich society? Or do we live to suck out of society? Because it's easy and it's, it's clear that we can't live with rioters who, who pickpocket somebody's backpack while they've got a broken jaw, which is just horrific. 
and strip out of society for selfish gain. But to be honest, neither can we live with a society where big businesses is stripping us of what we've got in our back pockets in just the same way. It's just that it's being done legally. Neither are actually saying, I want to live in a society where we want to nurture and encourage and grow and build together. The great thing is, God says, I will establish just that kind of society. That is what's coming. Because that's what I designed and it's what I insist I will restore.